0: You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. But today we're looking at the theme, the voice. This is part two of the voice, understanding the most important voice in your life. How many you know what voice that is? It's a voice of God. You know, And sometimes the problem isn't always uh, that God is, is not speaking, because God does speak, amen? The problem is generally our hearing. Reminds me of a story of an elderly gentleman who had serious hearing problems for a number of years. He went to the doctor, and the doctor was able to get him fitted with a set of, of hearing aids that allowed him to hear 100%. And this elderly man went from pretty much being deaf to being, uh, having 100% hearing. So a month afterwards, he went back to the doctor, and the doctor says, Your hearing is perfect. Your family must be really pleased that you can hear everything again. The gentleman replied, oh, I haven't told my family yet that I have these hearing aids. I just sit around and listen to their conversations, and in the last month, I've changed my will three times. (laughs) The difference that good hearing can make, right? (laughs) Good hearing can make a world of difference. Wouldn't it be great if we had that kind of precise hearing when God speaks? Today, that's what we're going to be talking about. And in the book of John, chapter 14 we read how Jesus speaks about the Holy Spirit. And he refers to the Holy Spirit as a spirit of truth because I believe that the Holy Spirit has a way of speaking into our lives. Are we in agreement about that? Amen? So, so the voice of truth is the title of today's message. And Jesus references the Holy Spirit. Here we go. It says in John 14, 16, And I will ask of the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you, for a little while. No, it doesn't say that. It says forever, right? And then he says in verse 17, the spirit of truth. Somebody say spirit of truth. And this, at letter S there is capitalized, referencing the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because it ne- neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives in you and will be with you. He'll be in you. So today we're going to talk about that voice that God sent to us today that we have, and that voice is a voice of truth. We refer to that as God speaking to us through the voice of the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for the privilege that we have to be right here in your presence. As we get into this teaching of your word from John 14, from Acts 16, Lord, we just pray that you would just reveal yourself to us in the form of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Lord, we receive what you would say, and we not only receive it, Lord, but we want to believe it and act upon it in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Are we in agreement that God speaks to his people? Amen. And that some people believe that God speaks. Some people don't believe that God speaks to his people. I believe that God does. It kind of reminds me of a story how God uses the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Tony Campolo tells a story of how he was involved in a prayer meeting one day just a group of uh, five or six men, they were praying and they brought up different needs and they were praying and seeking God. And one of the men in in Tony's group says this, and God, will you be with Charlie Stoltzfus? Be with Charlie Stoltzfus. He lives down the road, one mile, silver trailer on the right hand side. God, you know who Charlie Stoltzfus is. And Lord, would you be with Charlie Stoltzfus? Because This morning, he told me that he was going to leave his wife and children. Holy Spirit, would you speak to Charlie? Well, they prayed and prayed, and then about an hour later, they disbanded and finished their prayer meeting. And Tony Campolo got in his car, and he was driving on the turnpike, and he saw a hitchhiker. And he never picks up hitchhikers, but Tony Campolo says, but the Holy Spirit began to speak to me to pick up this hitchhiker. So he obeyed the Holy Spirit. Now whenever you pick up a hitchhiker, make sure it's God telling you, okay? So the hitchhiker gets in the car and Tony says, "Hey, my name is Tony Campolo. What's your name?" The guy says, "My name is Charlie Stoltzfutz." Oh, okay. And Tony didn't say a whole lot, but he did. He exited, took the first exit, and and turned around and went all the way back. And uh and he says, "Well, where are you going?" "Well, I'll show you where I'm going." So Tony Campolo is driving one mile down the road and a silver trailer on the right-hand side. He already knew all that because of the prayer. And he, as he was driving up to Charlie Stoltzfoot's house, uh, Charlie, what are you doing? How, can, how did you know where I live? And he was, I'm bringing you back home because you need to be here. Am I right that you, uh, you, you're you you leaving your wife and children? How did you know that? Who told you that? And Tony says, well, the, God spoke to me through the Holy Spirit. Well, let I me mean, you know when you pray. It's God had a way of orchestrating that together. So they stopped and he brought Charlie home, got out of the car, took some time to tell Charlie and his wife about what it means to have faith in Jesus Christ. And sure enough, both Charlie and his wife gave their heart to Jesus Christ that day. Their marriage was reconciled. And today, Charlie Stoltzfotz is a pastor. And uh, praise God, all because Tony kind of heard the voice of God, The voice of God through the Holy Spirit. Some mighty things happen when we pay attention to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at John 14. What are some lessons we can learn from Jesus as he teaches us about the Holy Spirit? Lesson number one is this. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. That's what Jesus says here in John 14, 17. He refers to the Holy Spirit as a spirit of truth. Once again, some people have the Holy Spirit, and some do not. Some believe that the Holy Spirit speaks to them, some do not. An example in the Bible of how the Holy Spirit spoke to Paul is found in Acts 16.6, and it says here, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So what happens here in Acts? Paul was going around preaching, and the Holy Spirit, it says, says, Paul don't go this way, don't go here, you need to go here. How I many you know the, the Lord knows exactly where you and I need to be at all times, right? And sometimes the Lord tells us that. Sometimes we feel something in our spirit saying, okay, don't go here, you need to go here. Don't do this, you need to do that. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to us. The Holy Spirit is the voice of truth. Today as we walk through these principles, my uh, my heart is a little saddened by the passing away of Dr. Billy Graham, 99 years old, went to be with the Lord. So as I was studying and putting my thoughts together, I thought I would integrate a number of quotes from Billy Graham in today's message. And my first quote from Billy Graham is this, as it relates to our topic today, the spirit, the voice of truth, the Holy Spirit. Billy Graham says this, God often gives us an inner conviction or prompting to confirm which way he wants us to go. This prompting comes from the Holy Spirit. I love that. So the Holy Spirit prompts our heart to do things. Other times, the Holy Spirit prompts our heart not to do things. The Holy Spirit may prompt us to go here. The Holy Spirit may prompt our heart to say, don't go there. And sometimes the Holy Spirit puts something on It's called conviction. And Dr. Billy Graham says this right here, an inner conviction. Now, I wanna I want to make sure we understand that. Because the Holy Spirit, one of the many roles of the Holy Spirit is that he wants to bring conviction on you and I. Some say, I don't want conviction. Well, let me, let me put it this way. Sometimes we, well, whenever we were involved in sin, we need the conviction of the Spirit of God. Other, sometimes people look at it as guilt. Some look at it as conviction. And I want to draw a distinct difference as we talk about the voice of truth. Because the Holy Spirit is a voice of truth. He brings conviction. In other words, if I'm being tempted to do something wrong, there's something in my inner being that says, don't do that, Randy, don't go there, don't do that. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we do something wrong and we end up with a whole bunch of guilt. Now, I'm going to draw a distinction. Guilt is what the devil puts on us to take us down. Conviction is what the Holy Spirit instills in us to bring us up. The Holy Spirit says brings conviction so that we can get the sin out of our lives and so that we can focus on getting closer to God. So if you're dealing with guilt, guess what? That's not of God. If you're dealing with conviction, that is of God through the Holy Spirit. Are you understanding the difference here? How can we overcome guilt? Well, there's a great ministry called Cleansing Stream, by the way, we, 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 there's many of us that deal with things that the enemy throw, the voice of the enemy can throw guilt at us. The voice of the enemy will throw condemnation. Oh, you good, you're good, you good for nothing. Look at all you've done in your life, all the sins that you've committed. That's the voice of the enemy. The voice of the enemy will throw other things at us like the, the victim spirit. Oh, you're a victim and all these things have happened to you. And I mentioned that because... I believe God has called you and I to be overcomers. We can overcome any of that. Guilt and shame and condemnation and worry and fear and rejection and uh, as as uh, Diana and and Peter are saying, you know what the 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 fear and even the pride of performance things like that. We're called to be overcomers. Amen. We're called to be overcomers. So listen to the voice of truth, not to the voice of the enemy that's my point here and, and sometimes we must understand that the more of the holy spirit we get in us the more we're able to respond in a godly manner i look at the news and I look at the things happening all our, in the world around us and and my heart is saddened by by the by the thousands of of babies that are aborted and and the dozens of people who are shot and killed and my heart goes out to all of those and the evil that goes on in our world today and and the lack of morals and standards in this world that we live in. And I think, you know, honestly, the answer is is a lack of the Holy Spirit because there's people, so many people in our world today live without conviction. They don't think anything wrong. They're not, they don't feel guilty. They don't feel the conviction of the Spirit when they're tempted to do wrong. We need more of the Holy Spirit in our lives, amen, because the Holy Spirit brings conviction and You know, let me put it to you this way. For example, there's times that we're tempted to sin. We're tempted to do wrong. And that very first time, we feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit because we're born-again believers in Jesus Christ. And then we feel a little guilty. That's the enemy putting guilt on us. Then maybe a few days later, we're tempted to do the same sin again. And we fall into that trap once again. And what happens? We feel... We feel bad, but not as bad as we did the first time. And then the third and fourth time, every time we commit that sin, we feel less, our conscience is less and less convicting. Why? Because we are having less and less of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And to the point that people sin and think nothing of it. They sin and think, oh, I can I can have sex outside of marriage. Yeah, I can do that now. Not a problem. That, that's the ways of the world. And some people don't. It doesn't. It doesn't bother them, because they don't have the Holy Spirit in them. I can do this and that. I can act like the devil. I can go out and, and and kill someone. And no, that's living without conviction of the Holy Spirit. No conscience. Second quote from Billy Graham. He says, "A life touched by the Holy Spirit will tolerate sin no longer." Let me say that again. A life touched by the Holy Spirit will tolerate sin no longer. So what happens, let's just say, when somebody uh, somebody pushes your button? How many know what I'm talking about? How many know that there's certain things in your life and my life where something is, our, our button is pushed, right? Now, I don't know what it is, and I'm not going to tell you what pushes my buttons. My wife knows, but anyway. <laughs> uh, but uh, whenever something happens, we have choices to make, Okay. Am I going to give in to the flesh? Because my flesh says, get angry. My flesh says, lash back at them. Tell them off again. Cuss them out. That's what the flesh says. But the Spirit says, there's a, probably that person who's come against you, who pushed your buttons. Maybe they're hurting. Maybe they need the grace of God. Maybe they need someone just to love on them. And, and, and that's so you and I have a choice to make. Am I going to respond in the flesh? Or am I going to respond in the spirit? And oftentimes I've said, you know, before, you know, that, that there's sometimes if it's almost like that old cartoon where we, we're tempted to do wrong and someone pushes our buttons and there's this, this angel on one shoulder, right, who says, do the right thing. Then we have the devil on the other shoulder with a pitchfork and all, right, do the wrong thing. And there's a spiritual battle going on. Yeah, there's a spiritual battle. It's between the spirit and the flesh, and you have a choice to make. You have have choices to make every day, whether you're going to follow your spirit or your flesh. And I've taught you this before, and I'll say it again. Here's a, a great lesson. Spirit versus flesh. What you feed will grow, and what you starve will die. What I'm saying is if you feed your spirit, and if you do the right thing, your spiritual life will grow. But if you feed your flesh and give in to the flesh, And do that sin that hurts God and comes against God, your fleshly desires will grow. Once again, your spirit and your flesh, whatever you feed will grow. Whatever you starve will die. How many of you, are we in agreement to feed our spirit? Amen. Lesson number two from John 14, what Jesus taught is this. The Holy Spirit is a great teacher. The Holy Spirit is a great teacher. So let's go on in verse 25 here in John 14. Jesus says this, all this I've spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, what will we do? Will teach you all things. Let me stop right there, and we're going to develop this verse in a minute. He will teach you all things. The Holy Spirit is a great teacher. He teaches you all things and we get to learn the Word of God. We get to learn what it means to serve God because of the Holy Spirit. Now, I started thinking about this as I was preparing this message. The Holy Spirit is a great teacher. This is what Jesus says. He will teach you all things. So I started started talking about school teachers, and my, I love those who teach, whether it be elementary school, middle school, high school, college, and, and, and those of you who, in fact, let me see your hands. How many of you are a school teacher? Let me see your hands. Great job. You are building individuals and uh, boys, girls, young students, and you're building them up. But I started thinking about uh, how do teachers effectively teach? And I thought of different ways. For example, one way they teach is lecture, right? And we're not always into lecture. Sometimes we get a good nap during those lectures, Okay. Other ways school teachers teach in order to help the student learn is, for example, I'm going to say this. Sometimes the teachers just love on their students. You know what I'm talking about? They just love their students. And, and, and they just love on them and show them grace and all that. Other, other ways that a teacher does for the students to learn is sometimes a teacher challenges the students. You can do this. You can solve this problem. You can read this chapter. A teacher will often challenge the student uh, you, you, and, and encourage them as well uh, because they, the teacher wants the student to rise to another level of learning. Uh, the teacher will also bring discipline into the classroom. Do I hear an amen to that? That's one way of teaching the students because the students need to be disciplined in the classroom and disciplined in their study habits, Right? So a teacher, a good teacher, will, will allow the student to learn by disciplines. And here's another one that many of us didn't like when we were in school, and some of you are still in school, is a teacher will help the student learn by giving them tests, right? There in here, amen, amen to that, okay? We didn't like tests, but the teachers knew that the only way that some of their, her students or his students would learn the material is if they study the material for tests. So I'm, I'm gonna, how do they, why would they study? Well, I'll give them a test. I mean, you, if you were like me, and when I was in school, I would ask the teacher, what's going to be on the test? Why did I ask that question? Because things that were not going to be on the test, was I going to study that? No way. I'm only going to study the things that are on the test. But I did learn that material, okay? So a good teacher would use all those things. So I started thinking about the Holy Spirit. Why does Jesus refer to the Holy Spirit as a, as a teacher? Well, I think about this. The Holy Spirit, he speaks to us, lecture. He loves on us, amen. The Holy Spirit challenges us. The Holy Spirit disciplines us. And the Holy Spirit sends tests our way. Why? He's a great teacher, the Holy Spirit is. And we have some lessons to learn, right? We have some lessons to learn. So Jesus here says the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. Here's another Billy Graham quote. He says this, it is never a question of how much you and I have of the Spirit, but how much he has of us. I like that. Now, I'm reminded of what the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3, perhaps you've read it. There in Revelation, chapter 2 and 3, are seven prophetic words to seven different churches, seven different cities in Asia Minor. And the reason they're in the Bible is because they speak to you and I today. They, th- these words speak to you and I today. The church of Ephesus, the church of Philadelphia, the church of Smyrna and, and, and Pergamon and all that. Uh, you can read about it. But there's an interesting verse in every one at the conclusion of every one of the prophetic words to each of these seven churches. And it says this Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the to the churches. By the way, the word "spirit" is capitalized. That's in reference to the Holy Spirit. So that is very clear to say the Holy Spirit wants to speak. The Holy Spirit is speaking. The only question is, are you listening? Do you have ears? How many of you are old enough when you used to have a? Anybody had it? Used to have a CB radio. Okay, you ever hear that phrase? Got your ears on, right? <laughs> Yeah, I'm dating myself, but I got your ears on. That's what God is asking for you today. You got your ears on because I'm, I'm speaking. God is speaking. The only question is, do you have your ears on? And seven times in Revelation chapter two and three, the word of God comes to the people and is coming to you and I today. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Number three, what else does Jesus teach about the Holy Spirit here in John 14? The Holy Spirit Reminds you. Sometimes we just need to be reminded. Going back to verse 26 of John 14, Jesus says this The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, recovered that, and will remind you of everything I have said today. You know, it's amazing how easily we forget the promises of God. It seems as though, yeah, on Sunday morning we hear it when we're in our small group connect groups, we hear, it. amen, we're encouraged, we're lifted up, but then sometimes when we 're out in the workplace in a school or dealing with difficult people, we tend to forget we tend to forget these promises of God, so that's what the Holy Spirit does. the Holy Spirit serves to remind us of what God says, for example, you may." get to the point as I have sometimes, I remember a few years ago I said, I just can't take this anymore. I just can't deal with this any longer. And then the Holy Spirit comes to remind us, just like He did to me. Uh, I'm going to remind you the Holy Spirit just spoke to my spirit. well First Corinthians 10:13 says that God will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Oh yeah <laughs> I just need to be reminded. Because sometimes when you're in the middle of a mess, when you're in the middle uh, of dealing with something very difficult, we have the tendency to forget the promises of God. Another quote from Billy Graham. He says this, the Holy Spirit gives liberty to the Christian, direction to the worker, discernment to the teacher, power to the word, and fruit to faithful service. He reveals the things of God. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad the Holy Spirit is alive and well? But we must be mature enough to distinguish between the voice of the enemy and the voice of truth. Because sometimes the voice of the enemy will say things to you and I, and we must be able to identify it. For example, if we do hear words like, you're not good enough, you're not talented enough, you just can't do this, you don't have what it takes, You've just heard from the voice of the enemy because the voice of the Spirit of God will never say things like this. Now, I'm going to say this again. There's a distinction here I want you to understand. The Holy Spirit does bring conviction, but conviction always deals with the things that we do, never with who we are. Because, my friend, you are a child of God. You are a son. You are a daughter of the Most High God. And the Holy Spirit will never attack who you are in Christ Jesus, okay? The devil will. The devil will say, oh, you, you call yourself a Christian. Look what you did. The devil loves to attack who you are. If you ever hear words that attack who you are as a child of God, that's from the devil, okay? That's the voice of the enemy. Because the voice of the Spirit will address your sin, will bring conviction, but he will always lift you up because he knows who you are. You're a child of God. So this is one way to distinguish the voice of the enemy from the voice of the Spirit of God. If, if I do hear those words from the enemy saying, you're not good enough, you're not talented enough, you don't have what it takes, that's the voice of the enemy. You know what God says through the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit reminds me of what the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? Are you noticing the difference? The voice of the enemy says, oh, you can't do this. You're not good enough. Voice of the Holy Spirit says, yeah, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Are you noticing the difference? So you've got to be able to distinguish when the voice of the enemy is speaking to you. The voice of the enemy wants to bring you down. The voice of the Spirit lifts you up. And the voice of the Spirit oftentimes reminds us of the Scripture. Here's a to another level lesson. The voice of the Holy Spirit may speak conviction to refrain from what you want to do, but He never speaks against who you are. There have been times that I've been worried about my finances. There have been times that I've wondered if I was going to make it financially. Then I, I, I hear the voice of the Spirit because the Spirit reminds me of what God's Word says in Philippians 4.19. And my God will meet all your needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. And I'm saying, okay, everything's going to be okay. All I needed was to be reminded of the promises of God. That's what Jesus says here in John 14, 26. The Holy Spirit not only teaches you all things, but he reminds you of what I have said, what Jesus has said, what the scripture says. Sometimes we just need to be reminded. There have been times that I've had to, I've been dealing with people that are speaking against me, and I wanted to defend myself. Lord, I want to speak. And the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice of truth through the Holy Spirit reminded me one time, Psalm 3.3, 3, but thou, O Lord, you, O Lord, are a shield around me. You're my glory and the one who lifts my head high. And I'm thinking, you know what? I don't need to defend myself. I've got a great defender in the Lord God Almighty. I just needed to be reminded of that. And that's what the Holy Spirit did for me. He reminded me of the promises of God. Praise God for that. Then there have been times I was been challenged been going through difficult challenges, perhaps you as well. There have been times I remember with the, when I hear this voice: "Oh, there's no way out this time, Randy. No way out." And then that's when the voice of truth from the Holy Spirit has stepped in to remind me what God's Word says in Romans eight twenty-eight, and we know that in all things God works together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Okay, everything's going to work together. Okay, I get it now, God. Thank you. I just needed to be reminded. Are you getting the point here? The Holy Spirit has a way of of reminding us. We've heard those scriptures before, right? But sometimes we forget. When we're in the heat of battle, we tend to forget. But praise God for the Holy Spirit that speaks life into us. And today, I want to encourage you to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Allow, your holy, allow the Spirit of God to just take a, a strong grip in your life because the one thing that will happen, one of many things, and I wish we had about another two hours to talk more about what the, what the Holy Spirit does, but today I'm just emphasizing this point. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us today. He's speaking to you today. My friend, God is speaking. The voice of God is coming to you. The only thing is, are you Listening. Would you stand with me right now? In just a few minutes, we're going to come to these altars. And before you bow your head, before you close your eyes, I want you to look at these four prayer points. Number one, well, what are we going to do in the next few minutes? We're going to ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you will be sensitive to his voice. There's some of you that need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. God, I want you in my life. I want you to be, I want you to fill me with your spirit. Number two, Ask God to help you make a conscious effort to choose to feed your spirit and not your flesh. Because we all, every day, you and I make decisions. Am I going to feed the flesh? Am I going to feed the spirit? Can we ask God to help us make those right decisions? Number three, ask God to help you be able to identify the voice of the enemy. Lord God, would you help me? Understand that when the enemy speaks to me, that I will reject it in the name of Jesus. And number four, ask God to help you be sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. That's important, because the Holy Spirit will prompt you, do this, don't do that. The Holy Spirit will prompt you, go here, but don't go there. The Holy Spirit will prompt you, this individual is hurting, could you minister This person needs prayer. Can you pray for them? This person needs to hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Can you share that with them? That's the prompting of the Holy Spirit. How many of you want to be sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit? Amen.